everyone, and welcome to episode 376 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you today, Richard? Hey, Seth. Doing well. So many previews to get through to today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so many previews. Yeah, and just in the last couple of days, it seems like we've gotten half the set. I feel like we say this every every podcast when we start spoiler season, but good Lord, his wizard spoiled a lot of cards in the last few days. But before we get into that, we got another co-host in Krim. Krim, how are you doing today? Uh, well, I finally hit puberty, as you heard from last week, so now I'm like fully uh, in, in an adult form. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually also, I've also sprouted. I'm like six foot seven now. So it's pretty cool. Whoa. Full, full beard. Six yeah. Full foot beard. Seven. Six like, foot a, seven. like a lumberjack or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's me. Definitely. Definitely. Listen, believe what you hear on the internet. That's for sure. <laughs> Anyway, today, our big topic is uh, is spoilers, of course. We got a ton of new Capenna spoilers to talk about, and that's going to be most of the cast. Although, a little bit of news about uh, the Atla Fox trying to split off Wizards into its own company thing. So we want to mention that quickly, uh, quickly before we get into spoilers. And then, of course, answer your fish mail questions. But before we do any of that, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And we've been telling you about Card Conduit, a great way to sell your magic collection in their curated shipment service that lets you sell valuable cards with a reduced service fee for quite a while now. As long as your cards have a retail value of $2 or more, you can send in as many as you want and still just pay a 5% service fee. And as with all card conduit services, you don't gotta sort your cards, you don't gotta grade your cards, you get to skip all those hassles and just safely package everything up and ship them out, and you'll even get a detailed report with the results, so you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy list cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%. And right now, you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show, and let's talk some magic. And let's uh, let's do the Atla Fox stuff first, and then we can dedicate the rest of the cast to spoilers. So you probably remember... A few weeks ago, a couple months ago now, I don't know, time flies when we have spoilers all the time, but a little while ago, uh, this Atla Fox company posted this big thing trying to get Hasbro to split off Wizards into its own company, uh, kind of take over on the theory that Wizards was doing really well and it was basically propping up the rest of Hasbro and uh, Wizards should be getting more resources than they were and all this stuff. Well, we finally kind of got to the to the end, I think, of this saga in the past week. Uh, Richard... What did we uh, what did we find out about the takeover attempt? They said no. <laughs> Would you like to sell to get rid of the most profitable part of your company? And Hasbro was like, no, thank you. <laughs> yes, that is that is basically basically correct which i guess is kind of predictable isn't that what we said when we first talked about this months ago we're like why would hasbro ever do this like if it, if what atla fox is saying is true and it's like the only good thing in hasbro and it's making all their money why would hasbro even consider that so yeah hasbro uh kind of no sirred the idea of splitting off wizards and they went as far in is <laughs> to add more board members but they added board members who are not the ones that atla fox uh wanted they just added more of their own people so i don't know if that's <laughs> I don't know if that's like snubbing their nose at them and being like, hey, like we're going to add who we want. But yeah, so I think that's probably over with at this point, which I don't know. I, I was kind of in the camp where I wasn't sure any of this would actually matter in the long run anyway, as far as from a player's perspective, would it actually change if uh, this actually happened and Atlafox managed to split off Wizards into its own company? But uh, it was an interesting uh, topic for a couple months, at least. So my understanding from watching Succession is that everyone <laughs> in favor of this proposal is now gone and ousted from the company. So this is the last <laughs> we'll ever hear of this. Yeah, I, I assume. What, what do you think about this, Krim? Any thoughts? I, I forgot why it happened, to be honest with you. I just remember that John Finkel. That's all I know. That's like John Finkel. That, that, that's about it. We were going to fix <laughs> like Pro Magic or something, fix the oh. Arena client. We, we were. It was. Okay. We did some very was low level we things doing? with this takeover. <laughs> Was that was that what's gonna happen? I don't know if that would have. Well, okay. Well, you know what? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they tried though. But uh, yeah, I'm not really surprised, right? If 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 
why would I sell off my most profitable uh, thing, especially for I don't know what they could have offered them. Like, it, there's just no way, right? And the the funny thing is, I feel like a lot of the stuff that Atla Fox wanted, or at least some of it, has kind of happened anyway. Like, the wizard CEO is now Hasbro CEO, so there's kind of like a somewhat wizardsy person in charge of the whole thing now. They just announced organized play, coming back, and all that stuff, which was another one of their big things. So maybe... I don't know. Maybe even though the the takeover attempt and the splitting off of Wizards kind of fizzled and failed, maybe something good came out of it. Maybe some of the things that they wanted, maybe those things will happen anyway, because it seems like some of those things are taking place with organized play and so forth anyway. So maybe in a weird roundabout way, some good will come out of it, even if, you know, none of the big changes that Ella Fox pushed for are going to come true. Anyway, any other thoughts on uh, any of that stuff before we get to the exciting world of New Capenna? All right, let's let's talk some spoilers. We got, oh my God, like half the set, more than half the set. I don't even know. I can't keep track of it anymore. We got a million cards. You can see them all over at mtgpreviews.com. But we're going to get through as many as we can today. So Richard, why don't you take it away and guide us through some sweet, sweet spoilers? All right. First up, a legendary artifact equipment at Mythic, Luxier Giada's Gift. One generic mana, so one mana value. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each counter on it. Equipped permanent isn't a planeswalker and is a creature in addition to its other types. Equip planeswalker, one generic mana. Equip three generic mana. This card's so cool. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so cool. This has got to be one of the coolest cards Wizards has designed in a while. Like, it's just so weird and sweet. Oh, I love this card. It, it, yeah, it, it's such a, a fun card. I mean, like, think about this. Like, Bolus, I know, I know, I know, I know. Bolus coming down, like, but like, he's got like nine counters. Karn, gr- uh, like the, gr- like whatever, liberated. Uh, that, that dude starts with like, like what, 11, probably, I don't know, nine or something absurd like that. I just remember it was like unkillable and I usually concede it. So, uh, whatever it is, like these planeswalkers, I'm thinking of like the big ones, right? That's pretty sweet. But more importantly, as someone who has an Aminatu Super Friends deck, I can now pack this in there and also, like, I used to joke all the time that, you know, you'll never have to worry about like commander damage with me, but now you actually do. Right. Like I could deal commander damage with Aminatu. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'd want to turn my my commander and all my planeswalkers into something that dies to removal, like plane removal. But regardless, the one thing that's nice is when I when I look at this card and I think of like how commander works, everyone's always trying to hit my planeswalkers. Right. Well, since no one runs removal, well, I don't got to worry about it anymore. Right? I can just turn my planeswalkers into creatures. And that's way different. Yeah, that, that is one of the upsides of this card is if your planeswalker is a creature, not a planeswalker, it can't get attacked anymore. So it's going to be really hard for it to die by its loyalty getting removed. Another and which, it does die to Doomblade now. Like it turns on creature removal unless, and, and stuff, which is the that's the that's the drawback. It is. It is a drawback. But also with the way commander plays out, it almost might be an upside. Right. Because that was always the biggest problem with 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 like how how like planeswalkers worked in commander. And not only that, since every commander deck runs an Urza Saga, now you can get this, right? You can just straight up look for this. So I, I think that's pretty sweet. And now I'm, I'm like looking at, it, I'm thinking like, hold on, how does this, how does this work? Okay. I've got some like questions here and, and they're, they, okay. Planeswalker counters, right? They, they are still going to have those loyalty counters. So then let's say if I have an Ozolith. Does that mean that the Ozolith has loyalty counters? Yes. And actually, I, one of my favorite tricks. Oh, go ahead, Grim. Sorry. We'll see. Okay, so then uh, it is going to work how I think it does then, right? I can take Ozolith yeah. uh, counters and uh, the loyalty counters on there and then move it onto a Planeswalker. Yes. And if you add, uh, like, blink effects to your deck, it's actually you can, like, build your own doubling season where you, oh, like, put God. this on your Nicole Bolas and then you blink it. So the counters go yes, to the Ozolith and then yes. you put it back on and go to combat and it doubles the counters and then you ultimate and win. So like that's a really neat shenanigan that you can pull off with this. I think this card's actually like even outside of commander is like kind of legit. People have been talking about just the standard planeswalkers like new Elspeth 
the plus one on new Elspeth, Elspeth Resplendent, is plus one, choose up to one target creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on it, and a counter from among flying first strike lifelink and vigilance. Oh, wow. If you put this she, on she Elspeth, you can plus like one on itself, three, three? and Elspeth is going to be a no, nine, four, four. nine the first turn, and it gets plus four, plus four every time you plus one on it. So Ooh. this is like quickly going to be huge. The Wandering uh, Emperor also has a plus oh, one that God. puts a counter on Kaya? a creature. Does that mean that Kaya, Kaya like loops herself? Hold up, hold up. When you equip, you can't activate loyalty anymore, right? Oh, no, you, you can. can. It you says can. it right yes. there. Oh, it says it's in brackets. Even, even if loyalty, but it isn't a planeswalker anymore. Huh, interesting. But loyalty abilities can still be activated. Yeah, loyalty abilities aren't attached to it being a planeswalker, apparently. It's some weird rules thing. But yeah, so you can still use your loyalty abilities. Oh, my God. Uh, so I think this card's actually just like... Wait kind of legit well hold on is it though because like oh actually it does work in like let's just say a wandering emperor right like wandering emperor decks that have creatures also play wandering emperor there's lots of things that you know like that that play that deck and then the decks that would play kaya also play creatures so there's actually okay so it's not dead it's not stone cold dead without the planeswalkers what i'm wondering and and kaya looping herself good god that is amazing yeah, that is, that is pretty, that is pretty cute. So I think that's got potential. Also, like, if you go back to modern, uh, this is another devoted druid combo. Like, you oh, put this on devoted druid, I, everything. and you can tap it and untap it as much as you want. Okay, everything. you find it with Urza Saga. <laughs> Combos so maybe you can go now. and, like, yeah, yeah, and you can find it with Urza Saga or Stoneforge Mystic. So that's a possibility. Maybe Harden Scales, like just doubling the power on your Ravager or whatever. So I actually think this card, can actually see legit play, like maybe all the way back to modern and do all those janky fun, like planeswalker, turn your planeswalkers into creatures with mirror box and clone them and blink them with the Ozolith, just like stuff we've never been able to do before purely because this card exists. Oh, I want to BM so hard. I want to not only like elk somebody's like commander or something like that with this, but I also want to like animate Oko and then beat you with it. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out where you can play Oko with Oka. this thing, but. <laughs> You gotta do it in vintage. Now Oko. <laughs> well, I don't Oko. know if that's gonna fly in vintage, but yeah. <laughs> vintage and Commander is the only formats he's available in. Now, now Oko can elk it, elk himself. Wow. <laughs> and turn into a creature and elk it. <laughs> Got him. Oh, wow. That's, this card is very interesting though, design wise and whatnot. So this has gotta be one of the coolest cards. And I'm sure we're all pretty excited to play with it. And like now that I can, that I didn't even think about that. Oh my God. Yeah. It just, planeswalkers in standard that work with this right now oh, that's so sick all right uh speaking of planeswalkers we alluded to elspeth resplendent three white white five mana value choose up to one target creature put a plus one plus one counter and a counter from among flying first strike lifelink or vigilance on it that's plus one minus three look at the top seven cards of your library you may put a permanent card with mana value three or less from among them onto the battlefield with a shield counter Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus seven, create a f or create five three three angel creature tokens with flying, starting loyalty five. Of course, wizards has so much text on the card they can't explain what a shield counter is. Do you guys know what a shield counter is? <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's essentially yes. you have divine shield from Hearthstone. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? You, you, it's it's it magic. Magic version is like totem armor, except it's totem armor that removes when the creature takes damage or is destroyed, rather than yeah. So it is divine shield. So you ping for one. It is to divine get shield. shield. Oh my yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. So, I know I brought up Hearthstone. My bad. I know you can't do that here, but uh, it is Divine Shield. They should have right? just called it Divine Shield and we would all understand oh, what that it means. No, no. It would have been... <laughs> so, so Elspeth, I wasn't super excited about that card until they spoiled Luxor. And now I'm like, oh, that, that could actually be like a deck. Is Elspeth, is Elspeth actually good? No. So the negative three is like... <laughs> I don't know. There are good hits. You can get like wedding announcement and so forth, but there's just like some really strong planeswalkers. Like it's competing with Lolf. Like the same decks right. that might play Elspeth might want Lolf. There's Wandering Emperor and like the White Weenie decks. I don't think there's Wandering Emperor. So I kind of feel like this is just like a little bit overcosted and lacking in impact to really see much competitive play. I if this were four mana, would this still like I, I would then maybe like look at it. You know, like at the same time, I, I, yeah, five mana. No, this is not strong enough. Okay, wait, wait, wait. 
how good is Divine Shield? Because isn't it insane in Magic? So in Hearthstone, it's like, whatever, you send your like one drop in to, to ping it off, right? But in Magic, how are you knocking the shield off? You actually have to spend a full card. I mean, yeah, like the plus one is like very good at protecting a threat, I guess. But I mean, Kaya kind of already does that, right? <laughs> And the plus one doesn't give a shield it's counter, right? It's three. only the negative three. Yeah. The only the oh, minus the three. Minus. So, oh, then never. Yeah. That's that's. But definitely you minus not. three to get your three drop into play, and then you plus one it, and now it's like a beefy three drop with divine shield. Is that? I mean, good? that's that's not <laughs> that's, that's. I mean, it's not horrible. Yeah, well, it's, it's not. I don't think it's like horrible, but I don't know. Just I keep thinking of Lolth and just like how good Lolth is and how the same decks that would want Elspeth probably have Lolth, and I'm just like, oh, it doesn't look like Lolth to me. Like it's, just, it, I don't know. It's fine. Like it can do things, but does it do enough to actually find a home in standard? I, I'm skeptical, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe not yet, or maybe there's just pieces that we haven't seen yet that make this card even better. But as of right now, this is, and, and, and I guess, and I quote, not that good. And when, when, when this takes over standard and I'm screaming for it to get banned <laughs> for some odd reason, play this clip back to me, Richard. Thank you. I, I, I think the so, divine shield part, you guys are underestimating. I, I think it's actually insanely strong. Uh, so we'll see how this plays out. I actually think she's kind of decent. And plus, it's like two pluses and an ultimate, right? Five three three angels. So yeah, I mean that that should be enough to win. The other thing I will say is it seems like Bant has a weird counter theme. Like we got this weird uncommon exotic pets that like makes two one one tokens, but then they each get a counter for every type of counter you have on the battlefield. So maybe part of Elspeth's power that we're not seeing yet is just gonna be like putting plus one plus one counters and flying counters and first strike counters on your stuff because there's other mant cards that just care about you having as many different weird counters on the battlefield as possible. So maybe that's the other piece of the puzzle that we just haven't seen yet. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's better than we're we're seeing right now who's building the official first goldfish deck because you know that thing that spawns two tokens <laughs> right they, they are kind of goldfish looking the, yeah. the, that's the closest we're getting to actual goldfish we put we use elspeth's plus one don't they get like the other one one counters that, that like i forgot what they read like like you know the card i'm talking about have you you've seen it right it's exotic the, pets that create yeah. two one one blue fish creature tokens with when uh, this creature can't be blocked. Then for each kind of counter among creatures you control, put a counter of that kind on either of those tokens. See, so so there it is. Now we have people swimming with the fishes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but yeah, Elspeth would be good there. All right. Uh, speaking of Divine Shield, uh, Falco Spara, Pact Weaver, <laughs> one green, white, blue. So four mana value, uh, three, three, legendary creature, bird demon at Mythic, uh, flying trample. When it enters the battlefield, put a shield counter on it, or it enters with a shield counter on it. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast spells from the top of your library by removing a counter from a creature you control in addition to paying their other costs. This card seems good, right? Like it's it's it's, it's yeah. this this is either going to be my my circle of loyalty or this seems good. <laughs> I mean, so it's only a 3-3. Three, three. I think, really, it's going to come down to the value of that shield counter. If, like, I haven't been valuing that very highly, but if that's actually, like, pretty powerful, then I think a lot of these cards get better. Because when I read it, I'm like, oh, it's only a 3-3. Three, three. A lot of the four mana flyers we have are, like, 4 four, so it kind of just gets outclassed. Uh, but if that shield counter and the protection is actually pretty powerful and relevant, then I think it goes up in value. I do think you got to be in the right deck, though. Like, maybe you got to be in the Elspeth deck, because to make it work, you do need to have a lot of counters on things that you can remove. Like, if you don't have a lot of counters to play the stuff off the top of your library, then this is, like, kind of just underpowered, right? So I don't think you can just jam it in any deck. you got to be some sort of weird counter shenanigan deck to really take advantage of it. Right. Like, depending on how good this and, like, the diversity of counters and all that stuff, like, I think this is this is a card that's going to, like, excel in a deck that, it like, w like, does that and, like, is heavily dependent on that. But if a deck like that takes off, this has got to be somewhere in there, right? Yeah. You play this. 
you play Dark Depths. You turn Dark Depths into a land with uh, with Nissa, and then you boom. Yeah. You yeah. Cards yeah. On the top of the deck, the top of the deck. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, you've got a Nissa, so how could you not? I'm like, I mean, like this seems like it could be good, right? It just needs the right shell, and you can't get and, lands and, off the top. I think that kills this, and it, like. I don't know, like the the cards that you play. Lands, you mean MDFCs? Yeah, but you gotta cast them. Like you're out of mana, right? Like with these type of effects, you could always just play a land off the top to get the value, but here you can't. So I think this is too many hoops to jump through, and it's only a three-three without the ability to pump itself. So I actually don't think it's that good, even in the Elspeth deck. Like, why don't I just play like an actual card? So I'm not sure. I don't. I don't like it. I I really struggled with man cards from this set because. Some of the other color combinations have mechanics that you just read them and you're like, wow, that's really strong. Like, Casualty is really strong. Connive is really strong. And then you get to all the Bant cards and it's like, oh, you get a shield counter. And I'm like, eh, is that is that on the same level as, like, Casualty and Connive? Apparently Wizards thinks it is because that's, like, the main mechanic of Bant in this set. That's, like, a lot of their cards are doing that. But it just doesn't read as obviously powerful as, like, oh, copy your spells by sacking something or, oh, like, loot a bunch of times and your creatures so i i'm kind of in wait and see mode with all these man cards really i mean i'm also not exactly upset if green takes an l for like the next 10 years so <laughs> of course you aren't Graham. of course so you oh aren't. no it's bad <laughs> all right uh omnixilis the adversary one black and a red three mana value three starting loyalty casualty x the copy isn't legendary and has starting loyalty X. As you cast the spell, you may sacrifice a creature with power X. When you do copy the spell, the copy becomes a token. Plus one, each opponent loses two life unless they discard a card. If you control a demon or devil, you gain two life. Minus two, create a 1-1 one, one red devil creature token with when this creature dies, deal one damage to any target. Minus seven, target player draws seven cards and loses seven life. This card is like cracked, right? Like I, th- I think this card is like really good. So, so you sack like a, a five power creature, you get a second Omnixilis at five starting loyalty. Is that? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I'm understanding. And it's so a seven power creature is an instant ultimate. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And you have two Omnixiluses that need to be dealt with. Yeah, like yeah. Th- yeah. I, this card is cracked. Like right? what? Like, it's a three drop? <laughs> like what? Right. Yes. <laughs> Oh, this card is absurd. It's so good. The casualty mechanic is so strong, but this card is really strong. Like, sure, the, the dream is you sack something big and insta ultimate, but even just sacking your shambling guest or eye twitches and then right. plus wanting a bunch, like, yeah, like you're going to drain your opponent. You're going to just empty their hand. Like, even that is like really insane. And we're in a standard where so many decks are already doing that. It's standards all about sacking eye twitches and shambling guests and all this useless, like, fodder. Like, that's what standard decks are doing. So, this card, I, I think it's just like an all star. I think this cards got a chance in older formats too. Like, older formats <laughs> got sack decks you got yeah you got ma'am devil decks you got cauldron familiar decks like this seems so easy to slide into sack decks like across formats and be just like so good yeah he th- this card is absolutely absurd i i just don't i don't know how like this just can't resolve right like like legitimately <laughs> this spell can just cannot resolve but and it's, it doesn't and need to be a sack deck like how you, you just stop sack anything <laughs> Right? Like, you don't need to recur anything. You just literally sack anything and you have two planeswalkers. Yeah. Yeah. And that like, means immediately you get to plus one and your opponent's got to discard two and lose two. And then, like, I guess if you have a demon or devil, sure, you gain two. Why not? Like, this is, you just turn one Dragavon, turn two double Obnixilis. Isn't it, like, over? <laughs> I mean, I will say, so the plus one is, it is a little punishery. It's either lose to or discard, but still, like even with that oh, slot, unless they discard drawback. a card, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get okay. to choose but one or the other, but still, for like four every turn on two planeswalkers is like you're, you're pretty much yeah. dying, right? Like, like how do you how do you beat that? Like in older formats, turn one mana dork into this, sack the mana dork, get two of them. Like that's still so much. How do you deal with that? How do you deal the in Krim mentioned you can't let it resolve if they casually it. What are you going to have two counters to stop the copy <laughs> and the main one like casualty just naturally gets through counter spells because it's going to be really hard to stop both copies. Oh, wait, it's so good. Co- it's so good. This card's 
This card's busted. This card's busted. It's so busted. Yeah, I, I, I think this card is like legitimately cracked. Holy cow! That's that. Yeah, e- even if it's not like they lose to and discard a card, it, they're like, like okay, it's still absurd. Is there a world and this sucks? Like, do, do we see play all the way back, like the whole stack? Do you play the, this in vintage? So, <laughs> uh, so the only thing I'll say is like its individual abilities are like sort of medium. It's kind of like playing, playing a janky tribal deck in commander where like you need a lot of them because your cards aren't that good. So you got to play Toski. So you have a ton of birds and then maybe you can win. I feel like you really need both copies of Obnixilis because it's individual modes like aren't super strong, right? It's more that it comes down really fast and you can get two of them that makes it strong. So I don't know if I would go all the way back to like vintage or whatever. I feel like you play this and your opponent's like, yeah, I'll take four. And then they like combo off or something. Same with like legacy, but I think it's got a shot back to I think it's good modern. back to pioneer. Like comfortably, I can probably pioneer for pioneer. sure. Well, and also like pioneer and historic both already have top tier sack decks. Modern doesn't really. And I feel like that's like, the most obvious home. Yes, it can be good in other decks too, but I think in a sack deck, it's even better. Like you're making the devils that you can sacrifice and it works naturally with your support cards. So I think back to pioneer is like a pretty safe bet, modern maybe. And then beyond that, I'm kind of like, meh. What about commander? Would you play this in commander? Uh, um, hmm. Probably not. Probably not. This is your wheel of fortune set. Three mana draw seven, right? This this isn't that good in commander. That that's what I'd be looking for. I'd want to be able to instantly use the copy to draw seven cards. If you have a deck that can do that, then I think it's worth it. On the other hand, if you're just making people discard, like sacking the eye twitch and stuff, then it's the whole table. Then it's not so you're super on exciting. Surviving on this turn around. Yeah, everyone has to do it. Yeah, I, no, I, that, and people are gonna come at you. <laughs> they don't want to discard or get drained. All right. So uh, okay, what, what 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 where do you put this at? Like Oko Hogak? No, I don't think it's. I, I think it's a very strong card, but I, I at this point, and maybe I'm going to be wrong and regret this, but I see it as very good. But it's something that I think only for me goes in sacrifice decks, and I expect it to be strong, but not like oh my god, we got a badness. But yeah. maybe I'm standing. Is this the first alchemy card on the block? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I don't, I don't think so, right? Like, you know, no, this is not the first thing to probably hit the alchemy block. I, I do, I do think that it's very strong though. Uh, it's, uh, I, I think this might be one of the best standard cards from the set. It might be the best. It's close to, it's going to be on my top 10 list. Let's say at this point, I'm pretty confident this is going to rank pretty high in my top 10 list. Oh, definitely. But I really don't think it's like, I don't know. I don't see it as like bannable or nerfable yet, but maybe it'll play even more powerful than it looks, which then it'll be really scary because it already looks pretty powerful. All right. Uh, next up, Urabrask, Heretic Praetor, three red red, so five mana value, four four legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor at Mythic, Haste, at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, the next time they would draw a card this turn, instead, they exile the top card of the library. They may play it this turn. Boy. <laughs> it turns Did, all of your opponent's draws uh, in, into impulse draws. <laughs> I was, well, only the first card they draw, right? I think. The next only the, yeah, yeah. Only so the first one. Okay. They draw. Mm-hmm. I, this card kind of disappoints me. I was actually expecting more. I'm not even sure this is better than older Brosk. No, like, Ur-Brosk sure, it draws you a card each turn, which is nice. But the ability hating on your opponents, like, I guess it's kind of nice against control. They can't sit on their counters or instant yeah. speed removal or whatever. But if it hit all draws instead of just the first one, I'd be a lot higher on it. Because then you could do, like, Dranith Magistrate locks or whatever. Like, there'd be different ways that you could actually prison your opponent out of the game. And I guess you can still sort of do that. But the fact that it only hits their first draw and not when they consider or activate a planeswalker or whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm pretty mad on this card, actually. Yeah, I, th- I think this card is extremely like underwhelming. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like, like, I get it that you know the the, the other ones like sure Jingataxius and 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 whatever Vorinclex or whatever are like really solid. The these this one's just bad. The old one is way better. I mean, it is a five mana four four haste. That's card. So it's Goldspan. During your, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Goldspan and like 
uh, we have flyers that like yeah. do that right away. But you can standards. Not necessarily. Doesn't count. Wait I mean, it has to survive. <laughs> yeah, it has to survive. It doesn't do enough. Like I don't know. This just doesn't feel that good at all. Maybe, maybe the top end of aggro like some sort of mono red deck but would mono red know. would just gold span right yeah, yeah that's that i keep coming back to that too like that it feels like bad the gold, gold span. as a can <laughs> as a as a control player grim how annoying is this for you because when i read that last ability i think okay this is to host control players you can't just draw a counter and sit on it is that something that's really gonna wreck your game plan if you're playing the control deck or are you just like whatever that doesn't actually matter? like like if we're talking like 60 cards right 60 card formats yeah 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 this is fine whatever i don't really care you don't really care <laughs> yeah like a- anything that i want is going to be instant speed and it's like most of my decks like most control decks now are also like removal heavy and not like counter spell heavy so it's just like cool i will still use my vanishing verse <laughs> yeah yeah so i guess it just like messes with your timing a little bit that's right. a good point i guess like Esper control is pretty planeswalkery, so you're just like jamming your stuff anyway. So it, it, we don't really have too many decks that are just like, oh, I got 16 counter spells, and I'm just gonna sit back and like counter all your things. Like that's not really what standard control is like. So yeah. what about like the locks? Is there any chance in like historic or like Dranith magistrate locks, Uma Uba mask in modern? Like, is there any chance we see these two lock like, locks one draw. that keep you from? That's the problem, is it doesn't lock extra draws. It locks your draw step, but it doesn't keep right. you from from drawing extra cards somehow. Yeah, see, no. Yeah, this this just this is just not that good. <laughs> they they would have to reveal something really like if you control an Urbrass Heretic Praetor, you win the game, like or something like that. <laughs> like it has to be like one mana. Uh, I think I'm mostly disappointed because when I saw Vorinclex, it was pretty jaw-dropping. Right. Like, that was 6-6, right. six, six, doubling season, trampolites, all this stuff. When I saw Jingataxius, I was also kind of like, wow, like, that's a really powerful card if you get on the battlefield. And then I saw Urbrask, and I was just like, eh. <laughs> I don't even know if this is better than the old one. Like, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Was, so it just looks bad compared to the other Praetors that they've done recently, I think, for me. Fully agree. All right. Uh, next up, we have Vivian on the Hunt. Four green green, six mana value, four starting loyalty. Plus two, you may sacrifice a creature. If you do, search your library for a creature with mana value equal to one. Plus the sacrificed creature's mana value. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Plus one, mill five cards. Then put any number of creature cards milled this way into your hand. Minus one, create a four-four green rhino warrior creature token. I mean, this this is just you're using it for the plus two, right? <laughs> like you are trying to pod your way through your deck. Other than that, I mean, maybe maybe the plus one, but I don't know. I guess you can ultimate as soon as she comes down. <laughs> <laughs> That's <true. laughs> they don't even have Get that rhino. <laughs> I, I I think this card's pretty good. It reminds me of. Well, okay, so you get the birthing pod thing, obviously, which is cool, although a little harder to combo with, I think, than a real birthing pod. Right. Although there are ways in modern, people have pointed out some of the combos where you're like, sack a three drop, Felidare Guardian, blink this, sack the Felidare Guardian, get Karmic Guide, get back Felidare Guardian, blink this, sack that, get a Kiki Jiki copy, get back the Felidare Guardian, go infinite. So there are like pseudo combos, but it's six mana in modern, which is a lot. But what it reminds me of is six mana Garrick, that plus one mill five, get all the creatures. Do you remember the Garrick that had, I think it was a plus one, the, the same thing except it didn't mill it was just plus look at your top five cards take all the creatures Are that's you a sure? lot Wait, of card advantage a in a Johnny? creature deck was that a johnny this is garrick it's I one think, that can negative to put a green four. creature from your hand into play yeah collar of beasts or whatever yes oh, collar of beasts. Was that, i thought that was five mana Maybe? i think that was also six, six, mana. Uh, six mana i'm looking it up right oh, now it is, it is. six mana plus set. one yeah, reveal your top five cards, grab all the creatures, the rest go to the bottom. So I think, like, that was an okay standard card. Like, just plussing to draw a bunch of cards. I think it's got a shot. But that, I think it's no, got no, a no, shot no, to no, be good. That, that standard was a different standard, though. You could get well, away with playing. that was a decade ago. Right. <laughs> that wasn't, like, two years ago. Garrick, Caller of Beasts in the current day. Like, like okay, the one thing that might have Garrick, like, doing doing work for me here is that it's minus three, like puts a green creature card from your hand onto the battlefield right i mean vivian doesn't really 
do that. And I mean, you can say the 4-4 four, yeah, four token or whatever. It the does. Four, it's, four just, rhino. it's just a 4-4 four, four rhino every time. Right. That That is, that's not as, yeah, no, I don't know about yeah, that. Like yeah. this, this. I, I, I'm very curious to see what deck would want this, right? Like it, maybe the mill and the pod aspect, cause those, those are going to be like heavily, uh, like th- those must be really needed abilities, right? The ability to mill yourself or something like that or, or to pod. But for right now, I just don't see anything that needs that, N- especially not at six mana. Okay. So, so here's my, here's my home for it in standard. We have a lot of pieces. For some sort of creaturey graveyard deck, we have like old gnawbones, we have willow guys, we got slogurk, we have all these cards that just, all these creatures that want you beating cards in your graveyard. What about the top end of a deck like that? Like maybe that's the home, it's filling your graveyard, you're already creature heavy, so you're drawing a bunch of your random willow guys or slogurks or whatever. Worst case, you make some rhinos, you can pod stuff and get it to the graveyard and maybe reanimate it or something. The... Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, when I think about those no? decks though, like, Oh, like old Nawbone, Slogurk, and stuff like that. What, like, what is their creature like top out at? Probably those threats, right? So that means yeah. you you probably then need to have like one and two drops or something like that. I don't know this because hmm. it, it, it works like those decks work on a at a weird spot on the curve when you think of the creatures. Like like how much is Slogurk? Like three mana, right? Three, yeah. Yeah, and then old Gnawbones, th- that's the dude where you mill on your upkeep, right? The Golgari dude? Uh, oh, oh, that's an, uh, no, that's, that's another one. That's old Rust, oh, Rust, okay. or something. And that Gnawbones dude- is the like, two mana and X, and you like, mill that many creatures from your deck, and it gets oh. big based on the number of creatures in your graveyard. Right, yeah. right. And then you would, yeah, see, so then that's a little bit awkward, because that's an X card. And then, yeah, you have old, old, rusty chain or whatever his name is <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah that dude <laughs> something like that so like the thing is those are like a three mana and i don't know i just that means you're sacking your two drops and at this point like i don't know that doesn't feel like it's worth sinking six mana into vivian for what about the pot ability can we do anything with the pot ability in standard like sack a six drop get a coma like i i, I don't see a ton of synergies for it like i like this card but not yet i don't really know i don't really know where it goes not yet yeah, there's nothing here yet. It's way too expensive at six mana to be potting. Like, are you really saving any mana or doing anything? And plus, your pod is very fragile. It can die, right? You can just kill Vivian or attack it. I don't know. Six is way too expensive for what it's doing. It's like six your mana, pod- but you have to build around it and like warp your whole deck around it. Where I think that's like asking too much for your six drop. Your six drop really is just win by itself. Like, Professor Onyx is a six drop that is, I would say, pretty good, right? Like, I would say it's, she's way stronger than Vivian, and she doesn't get played, right? And, and that's be, like, cause one of the things here is like, I'm gonna spend my six mana and I'm gonna get Vanishing Verse, and it's gonna feel really bad. Ooh, yeah, that's, that is true. There is a lot of good removal for it. Hmm. Well, maybe everyone's just overrating it based on the callback to Birthing Pod. Cause people see the Birthing Pod and think it's busted. I think I do that to some extent too. I'm like, oh, Birthing Pod is so sweet. There's gotta be a way to use this. But then when you really dig down into it, it's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe this actually isn't that powerful. I mean, oh. yeah, I don't even think, I don't even know how good Birthing Pod would be in standard. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I mean, Birthing Pod is what, like, 15 years old or something <laughs> right right that's a really long time ago so i mean that's that's what i mean we just remember it fondly zia torah the incinerator three black red green so six mana value six six legendary creature demon dragon flying at the beginning of your end step you may sacrifice another creature when you do zia torah deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target and you create three treasure tokens i like this card I think this card's kind of cool. Um, I, I is it good in standard? This is the top end of whatever Jun deck you're playing, right? Like this is going to be your top end. You're gonna get like maybe some treasures, and then sure, maybe you have like a gold span or something, and speed your way into like a flipped uh, Tybalt, right? From Valky into Tybalt. Like I, I think this card has has some play here because it's at the beginning of your end step, so you are going to sacrifice it right away. Yeah, I mean, ah, six mana multicolored, but it is a it is really powerful. Like, you're getting a Black Lotus, essentially, of treasure tokens, even better than a Black Lotus of treasure tokens. 
and you get to fling something at your opponent. The only thing I worry about is how much it costs. Like, is six is the deck that would want this gonna want a six drop? I think that's that's kind of the question. But I don't know. Like, we're in standard with these colors are prosperous innkeeper. It's sack your shamble yes to deadly dispute. So you got all these treasures. It doesn't seem that hard to be getting this down like turn four, turn five in standard, and then it's really big and like is going to close out the game quickly. And we got all these treasure synergies. So, and again, I, I like it too. It, it probably, a, probably like a <clears throat> one of or two of, I would assume, but it is a, I mean, it does do a lot of powerful things. <laughs> yeah. I'll give it a participation award. It showed off. <laughs> <laughs> it put in its best effort. It doesn't have haste. It's six mana. Oh. And your, your reasoning for it being good is you powered out on turn three. Well, if you powered out a good six drop <laughs> on turn three, it'd be even better. Right. So, I don't know. Is there something really big uh, we can fling? Mm, not <laughs> body of really. research. Uh, the, the best case for this well, is the Asakatu of Nixilis or something. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> what What about Commander? What about Commander? Could it work in Commander? Like, or, like, obviously, can work. How excited are you to play this as your Commander? I think in a deck that wants this is probably like right off the bat. We can all just say that it's Corvald, right? Yeah, it would definitely, I, I kind of view it as like fair Corvald, like if yeah. you're a Corvald fan, but you don't want to be as arch enemied, <laughs> maybe this won't draw as much heat as Corvald would, but you can play it with the same cards, basically. Or in the 99, I mean, just like, yeah, uh, I, I think this card is great in Commander. I think it's better than Commander than obviously than it is in Standard, but but I I don't know, I mean... Standards, uh, the you know the new set's not entirely feel like you know spoiled yet. I I do, I do think there'd have to be a lot to make it worthwhile to like play six mana for this card. But this is something that is multicolored, and I cannot stress that enough because people are packing like four vanishing verses right nonstop. So I I I'm that's what I'm looking for uh, at this set for to break up the removal suit of most control decks, right? So now I can't just blindly add four vanishing verses. So um and and, and yeah, like we I don't know, the the ramping ability seems like it could be good maybe. I uh, definitely <clears throat> I think the question is what are you ramping into? Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's certainly powerful, but you're getting this down for 6 and then you're going to like 9 or 10. We really need like I don't know, a, a Genesis Wave and Eldrazi. I wish we had some sort of like, okay, this is my big finisher. I play this, I sack something, I have all this mana, I cast that, it's going to win the game. But I don't know what that is in standard. Four-color like, reanimator is, is, in standard. You reanimate Lord Xander and you ooh, sack him. Ooh. You fling him. Boom, to go. the face. There Look you at go. that. You've already gotten that them is... to discard cards, and now you get them to sack half the non-land permanents. <laughs> Round it down. <laughs> okay, I could... I could get behind that, but hopefully, maybe we just need some huge finisher. I think that's what we're missing, is some huge finisher to slam into play with all the mana this can make. Or maybe it's dragons. Maybe that's how you do it. Maybe you're just, like, supporting Tiamat, and then you're casting Tiamat and using the treasures to, like, cast all the dragons you tutor up. Maybe something like that. All right. Uh, next up, we have Halo Fountain. Tune of white, <laughs> mythic artifact, white tap. Untap a tapped creature you control, create a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token, white white tap, untap two tapped creatures you control, draw a card, uh, white 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 white, so five white uh, mana symbols, tap, untap 15 tapped <laughs> creatures you control, you win the game. <laughs> I easy. mean, easy. Yeah. He doesn't have 15 creatures laying around. Um, How have you not this won? This card's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> if you've yeah, I mean, that is, it is kind of the definition of win more, that last mode. Like, if you have 15 creatures and you're not able to win without this, but really, one mana to make a creature, that's not bad. Right. Two mana to draw a card in mono white, in commander, that's not bad. Plus, you're kind of like giving your creatures vigilance by untapping them. I, I think that last mode is like, that's for me. That's to build a, an against odds deck with. I think, that but I think if you ignore commander. that mode... Like, in Commander, it probably, it could. Yeah, it definitely could win some sort of token deck in Commander. And it does kill everyone. It's not someone loses a game, it's you win the game. So if you pull it off, you do just, like, straight up win. But even without that mode, that's a decent amount of value, right? Well, Richard, you're the mono-white player. Like, 
Is this a card you'll just jam in your mono white decks in Commander? No. Why would I pay five mana and two untapped creatures or two tapped creatures to draw a card? This is horrendous. Uh, I would build around the last aspect, right? You could uh, animate your lands or something, right? You could tap them for mana and then that, that automatically okay. makes them tap for you to untap. And you just need enough lands and creature tokens to, to win. So I can see that being a viable strategy, but I wouldn't play this for value. This like seems horrendous for the first two modes. You really need to be holding in on that last mode to try to win the game. Standard? Any any help? <laughs> God, no. No. Mm, yeah. This this does get got by Vanishing Verse. Oh, not <laughs> even that. Just no really, <laughs> really slow. <laughs> even if you, if like the Vanishing Verse, I'm not using it on this. <laughs> you, you, you got it. You got it for a while. <laughs> Next up, we have Black Market Tycoon, red and a green, 2-2, Creature, cat, rogue at rare. At the beginning of your upkeep, Black Market Tycoon deals two damage to you and to you for each treasure you control. Tap, create a treasure token. I just, you're in the colors to play this in Harmless Offering. If I see someone with Smothering Tide, I'm giving this to them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or or whoever casts the Dockside. Right, right. Give it to them and you got them. Here you go, you can have this. (laughs) I really like this card. It's just like such a cool design because... It's like Flores is just a man, a two mana mana dork. It's a paradise steward or something. Because if you just spend the treasure every turn when you make it, it's exactly the same as having a mana dork. But then you get the ceiling that if you can take some damage, you can store up your treasures to have a big turn. It works with token doublers. It works with like Oni Call Anvil decks in standard or whatever. You're getting these treasures that you sacrifice to trigger your anvil, your mayhem devils, or your anointed possessions. So I actually think like, even though this looks just like a mana dork, I think it's like actually a really, really cool design that has a lot of sneaky upside. So you can play it like a mana dork, but then it can do all these other things too. You can even try to give it lifelink, like put a shadow sphere on it or something, Speaking and then you don't shadow, care about the damage. You can play Jun yeah. Shadow, uh, you just make as many <laughs> oh. treasures as you can, punch yourself <laughs> into oblivion. But I think, I think this card's actually really sweet. I don't know. Super it, treasure. Yeah. It, it's cool. I think it's a cool card. It's it's like very interesting design, very sweet art. Uh but but like gives me a huge beast stars vibe, but uh other than that like ah I don't know like what it's what It's going to be good. What am I playing I this in? I think it'll be good. I think it's good in like standard. I think it's going to be good. Like I think it's very good in commander. So yeah, you know what this card's actually just really good. What do you think, Richard? So it's okay, a two mana mana dork at minimum with the ability to like storage counter, I guess, and like bank up uh, for a big turn. Is that enough to be playable? So the the best case is on turn two, you play this. On turn three, you bank up, you know, one treasure token. And then on turn four, you cast a six drop. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. That's that's playable. (laughs) That's 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 pretty that's pretty good. I mean We've seen two mana mana dorks be pretty playable in the past. I mean, they like, had I feel like the floor is high them, enough. <laughs> this is just a two mana two two, right? I think it depends yeah, on what format we're talking about here. I think that. Yeah. With, with, what do you think of this? Strictly speaking, standard. Yeah, yeah standard. This is. Standard. I think this is great. I think it's great in standard. I think in standard, this is like a really solid card that I think is definitely worth it. There's just not a lot of other options. Like there's not a ton of mana dorks. We have lots of synergies like we were talking about with treasures. We got Zorns and Magdas and we got Oni called Anvils. So I feel like there's enough going on that this is a two drop that I would play in a lot of standard decks. I mean, yeah, I I, th- I think this is good there. And like, I mean, you're already, s- well, you know, you're seeing the more Mardu, right? You're seeing the Anvil decks, the Oni Anvil. But, but like, yeah, like, I guess they could add green just for this. It gives them more artifacts to sack. Uh, you know what? I think this is just okay, actually, as I, I think it's way better in commander than any, anywhere else, but like 60 card formats, I think it's okay. <laughs> this turns off like your it dock side. Commander. Is it worth? <laughs> 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 or just use all your treasures <laughs> or else you're in trouble. <laughs> I feel like in Commander, you got to be in a specific deck for it. Like, I don't know if I just play in a generic deck because there's just so many ramp spells in Commander. Like, do I need this in Commander unless I actually, like, actively care about treasures or something? Or maybe the creature type, like Rin and Siri or whatever, the cat and dog deck because it's a cat. Like, but would you just play this as a generic mana dork? I kind of lean towards no. 
I think I could see me playing this more in Commander than in a 60-card format. I'd rather play Lonewell yeah. Elves. <laughs> I'd rather yeah. get, like, the one mana faster. Or if you really cared, you'd play the triple green dork that adds three. Oh, God, the Lanor Legion. Right? Yeah, so you really need to be a treasure deck and care about those treasures. Yeah, tokens, if you have synergies with doubling season, like in those, in the right archetypes, I think it could be really good in Commander. But in just like, oh, I'm Gruul, so I'm going to play this as a ramp spell, I think you probably got better options. And it's green, so you have <laughs> you have all the green ramp, too. So even if you, I don't know, that makes it even worse, because you can just play a Kadama's Reach. Yeah, actually, no. So if you care about treasures, you don't want this card, because it's just actively killing you. So I actually <laughs> take that back. <laughs> you don't want to play this in Commander. But what if... What if you care about treasures and want a low life total? Then you, you got <laughs> treasures, this, death the infamous treasure death shadow deck in Commander. Yeah, <laughs> you, you use all your treasures to swap life totals. It's doable. <laughs> oh, ooh, I like that idea. All right, uh, Maestro's Ascendancy, blue, <laughs> black, red, enchantment at rare. Once during each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard by sacrificing a creature. In addition to paying. Uh, its other costs. If a spell cast this way would be put in your graveyard, exile it instead. Okay, so, so if we're talking about this in standard, I, I do wonder how good it is. Really? Because, alright, so we've got all of these things that are, I, don't, I forgot the ability already, whatever, casualty, right? We have all these casualties. Mm-hmm. Is there something that is going to be constantly, in Grix's colors, churning out tokens or something there's no bitter blossom oh crim crim we got sedgemore witch we got poppet stitcher right you cast your spells you get your token you cast a spell okay okay so i mean those do help a little bit i do like that but i i am a little bit worried that i have to sack a creature right like what am i kill like with the amount of creatures i've sacrificed couldn't i couldn't i have just killed you with combat (laughs) (laughs) hmm Right, I like, mean, mate, you do got to build around it. You do got to build around it. This isn't something you can just jam into, like, your, you know, creature-free Nicobolas Grixis control deck or something. Like, that's not really going to get it done. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like you could build a Grixis deck that was, like, Shambling Gas, Poppet Stitcher, Sedmore Witch, a bunch of spells, and just, like, go to town. But then this does nothing if they remove our Sedgemore Witch or our Poppet Stitcher. Right, like, like what? what, That's that's true. It's it's just this weird spot where I think you try to build around it, and then you end up just getting blown up by things that people already play, (laughs) like a lot of. So I don't know. I think this this ascendancy is amazing in commander. Sure, Um, like I I definitely believe this is going to be good in commander. But but in sixty card formats, I don't I don't know how good this card is. As someone who jams a lot of Grixis and every (laughs) archetype of it, I, I. I know, like, I know when something isn't, like, you know, like, greedy and, and it's being cute. And, like, this is, this looks like a car that is being greedy and being cute. And <laughs> going to more often than not, you're just going to sit there with it. Oh, that that kind of scares me because I was really high on this card. But I also trust Grim's opinion of Grixis cards because Grim plays more Grixis than anyone I know. I mean, so uh, you not being excited for it actually makes me a little nervous. You just have right, to play like, creatures, like rogues or something, right? Like, you... Like a but creature rogues, heavy deck, you're not going to remove everything, right? Right, right. But like, but like, I want my rogues, right? Like, oh, like I'm, <laughs> I don't want to just throw away my thieves guild enforcer. But, but presumably, you're throwing it away. I guess only during your turn. So this is only during my turns. So it has right. to be a proactive spell, right? So you're being aggressive, but how are you being aggressive if you throw away everything? What if the spell you flashback makes creatures? Like some sort of token-making spell. Which, <laughs> which would be great, but I'm thinking about it, and it's like, well, what, what? <laughs> like, what? Oh, right? Like, like, like we don't have Grixis aggro, and then you, like, sack creatures for burn to punch through, like, the last right. bit of damage or something Ooh. like that? I mean, like, look, or a draw uh, spell, don't get me wrong. Like you sack a creature to, like, just refuel your hand. <laughs> I want to play with, like, Cormella cards like that. And, like, obviously this is great with, you know, if it, like, if I can get back a, a, a Maestro's Charm and hit you for, like, Helix you again for three, right? Like, these are all great things that could happen. But I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm the first to tell you if I love a Grixis card, okay? And, like, this is one of the cards <laughs> where I don't know if I'm that excited for in Standard. <laughs> it, it, like, ooh. I- 
I can't believe I like this Grixis card more than Krim. <laughs> I think this card's going to be good. I think I think you got to do some deck building work. You can't yeah, just jam yeah. in any deck. You do need creatures, but so, in so the you're right, right shell, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be good. Like it's like a Snapcaster every turn. So that's you, so you that have seems so Stitcher, strong. You have Sedgemore Witch, right? So let's because I've yeah. tried this, right? There's a lot of cards that like are great, right? Like like trying to make those cards work, but the problem I ran into was the limited deck space. Right. Because now because then you so you have eight cards, right? A lock. And then you have four ascendancies. Right. Sure. Four shambling guests. That's 16 cards. Now you have the rest of the spells and you have to do a nice mixture of spells that are interactive uh, that helps slow down mono white while also good against like control and against control. If you're just loaded with a bunch of like creatures, they just board wipe you and then you're actually in trouble again. Right. That's that's true. It's that's true. It's weird. (laughs) It's you. You. I don't know. I mean. Prove me wrong. I'd love to be uh, proven wrong about this because Lord knows I'd be excited about it. But it just seems rough. Okay. What it, What about in older formats where you do have like Bitter Blossom or you have uh, the bad Bitter Blossom that makes the Dreadlord Invasion? Like, 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 yeah. Like, look, even, even, even like Batter Blossom or whatever, Mediocre Blossom, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, even that, okay, that would help. Right. That, that would help. Okay. So we have something, you know, we got something to cook here with, right? Like, that's fine. Uh, historic has kind of just play a, you could just kind of play a control deck then. Like if you had four bitter blossoms, yeah. In this, yeah. Uh, in me, I guess you might need a little more creature you would still production. Play the but you'd Sedgemore, be pretty close, right? You still play Sedgemore. You still say po- play the Poppet, and then you just add Dreadful and plus invasion. then you get like and then you get like Young Pyromancer, yep, maybe as an upgrade yep. to to Poppet Stitcher or something. Okay, Dreadhorde Arcanist. <laughs> a little redundancy <laughs> there. I don't, I don't know. This. See, now you're running too but many actually, creatures, though, though right? Now you're running unplayable modern cards. Once you. <clears throat> Once you get to Dreadhorde Arcanist, then maybe you're just cutting the ascendancy. Right. And, <laughs> and you trust the Arcanist is going to flash back your spells. Exactly. And then the, you kind of non-bow yourself because then, like, Dreadhorde Arcanist requires you have a ton of spells, but it seems like you've just named, like, 16 to, like, 20 <laughs> not spells, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean. This is the problem. It's way too slow for older formats. It's only one right. turn, and you can't use it. Re- if you could use it reactively, I think it'd be a lot better. Like, you could use it to, like, dig back counter spells or something. But, like, offensively, what are you doing? Like, thought seizing? Okay. okay. Yeah, blowing up your own <laughs> blowing up your own board and then losing your own health to do it? Commander, though. Commander. Commander, it's yes. It's got to be good. It's like Kess. Yeah, it's literally Commander, Kess. yes. Commander, yes, definitely. And you got all the janky make-a-token spells. Oh, so, definitely. Commander, it should be good, right? If you're any sort of Grixis spellslinger deck with young Pyromancers and stuff, just jam it and it's going to be fine. Full agree. Full agree there. Okay. I mean, I, 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 there's even a discussion to not play. You don't even have to be a Spellslinger deck, right? Because I wouldn't say I'm a Spellslinger deck, but I've got a deck, but I've got a lot of good spells that I don't mind casting again. But you need creatures to sack. So right, you're going right. to have to have something. Oh, I, I got creatures. Young I got creatures. Or something. Okay, oh, come on. Come and on. you're not going to sack your opposition no, agent. No, no, I know no, you. No, That's sticking no, around no, until no. until one of us kills it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Evelyn the Covetous. Two hybrid Demir, black hybrid Rakdos. So five mana value uh, of Grixisy colors. Uh, legendary creature, vampire rogue at rare two five flash. When Evelyn or another vampire enters a battlefield under your control, exile the top card of each player's library with a collection counter on it. Once each turn, you may play a card from exile with a collection counter on it. Uh, if it was exiled by an ability you controlled, and you may spend mana as though it were any mana, or as though it was any color to cast it. This card's gas. This I I I just built my Streffen deck. Boom! Throw him out of the window. Don't need him anymore. I need I need this Evelyn. This Evelyn is now my new vampire deck. I oh my god! This is such a good oh vampires. They're gonna do something different. I do love this. I do love this Garden Commander. It is it is a really really cool take on on a Grixis Vampire deck and Commander. We've never really had a good Vampire Grixis Commander. There's a couple of vampires that are Grixis, but it's vampires that don't actually care about having vampires in your deck. So people just play them by default. I'm trying to think. Oh, there's like a horrible eight drop that uh, whatever. But th- th- we've never really had a good Grixis Vampire Commander. This seems super fun as your Vampire Commander. You just get to steal everyone's cards. It's like an Italian almost, except you. You gotta, st- you gotta cast the spells, you gotta spend mana, but still, it seems super fun. Yeah. Simple as that. Can you mill 
people? Is there like some infinite vampire loop that you can get going on? Oh, there's no like grave crawler if that's what you're thinking. Uh, I was trying to figure out if there's a way to do it with the blood gas. I haven't been able to figure it out, but there might be some sort of like five card combo with blood gas that you could it probably like, make infinite land drops or something. It probably involves like I I don't know what what's that Cloudstone Curio. Yes, Cloudstone Curio and cost reductions that that could do it. Yeah. So there, I'm sure there's a way. I don't think there's an easy like super competitive way, but I'm sure if you're gonna put in the work, you can probably find a way to get infinite triggers. Although it hits you too, so you're also gonna mill yourself out. It's- but then I guess you're doing it during your turn, so other people would draw first theoretically. Correct. Yeah. What about standard? Any any chance? Uh, I could see me playing a few of these for fun, but I don't know if it's a competitive. Yeah. Even like uh, vampires have kind of been a disappointment. I was I was thinking vampires were going to be legit after Innistrad, and they haven't really made it. And I don't feel like this or solves vampires issues from the Innistrad vampires. Like you can play for fun and it'd be cool, but I, I don't know if this all of a sudden makes vampires like a legit deck in standard. I'd be surprised. All right, so that's all the time we have for spoilers. So there are a ton of cards. Check them out on mtgpreviews.com. And uh, we'll be back next week to, I guess, wrap up the rest of preview season. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 376 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Grimm, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about more spoilers and whatever goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have an amazing week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.